Welcome to The Well Podcast, where we post the audio messages for our Sunday sermons. For more information about us and how to get further connected, feel free to visit our website at thewellaustin.com. My name is uh, Jijo Jacob. Me and my wife Priya are part of the Decker Lane CG, uh, co-shepherding with Renji and Sarah. And... (laughs) And today we'll be going uh, through Genesis 1, verses 31, to chapter 2, verse 3, and Hebrews 4, verses 9 through 10. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished from his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Hebrews 4, verses 9 through 10. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered into God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. This is the word of the Lord. All right, family, how are we? Dope, dope. Uh, Hey, week three in our Mountains and Valleys uh, series, I hope that has been encouraging so far, Uh, really beginning to prep some of the restoration that I believe that God wants to give to us as his people. And so if you haven't been tracking with us, I would encourage you to go back, listen to some of these things, because uh, these topics, they may feel very random, but they really do build on one another and really preparation for us to receive the good gifts that I believe that God wants to give to us, that what the locust has stolen would be restored, double portion even. And so I'm praying that throughout this, the healing would be rich and would be deep in our souls. And so today we're talking about Sabbath. Uh, While we're in the valleys or on the mountains, it is really, really important that we gain perspective from God about which of those seasons we may find ourselves in so that we can find our rest in Him. Because without God, the valleys begin to feel like Sheol, like, like death in the deepest part, because we don't know how to find our rest in Jesus. And if we're not careful when we're on the mountains, they can begin to feel like the kingdom of God, even though they're really just mountains on earth. And so we can be ascending Mount Sinai, which is good, but it's not Mount Zion, the ultimate. And we got to recognize from where God is moving us and what he's doing in our life. And Sabbath helps us gain perspective of the season that we're in so that we can endure the really hard seasons and so that we can even long for more in the good seasons with Christ. Maybe to say it in the negative, without Sabbath, we'll grow tired running and trying to keep pace with the life that we are in. And we won't really know what season we're in, whether we're in mountains or valleys. We won't know how to receive from God because we won't be used to hearing from God. And so we won't celebrate when it's right. We won't lament when it is right. We won't know which season we're in and we won't know what we need from God next. And so Sabbath is an important idea throughout the scriptures. And so if you look on the screen in our topics, though they seem really random, Sabbath is kind of entering right here in the middle so that we can understand how all of this plays together in our rest with Christ. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Sabbath, or you might not even know what that word means, don't worry, we'll, we'll chop it up today, okay? And we'll break it down in our time together. But the biblical definition is simply a day of rest. 
The word translates literally to stop or to cease or literally to rest in God. And I think that we often don't find our restoration or our healing that we're looking for because we never stop. We never rest to have restoration, to be able to be restored by God. And so Sabbath is a way that God has designed us to slow down, to be able to receive from him. I personally have a really hard time with slowing down, okay? Uh, I used to play football back in the day, and often I would like try to play through these somewhat significant injuries. And what do you know, every time I tried to play through an injury, guess what happened? I get injured more, right? We all know that reality. So one time I had a concussion and I knew it. Like I couldn't think about a lot, but I knew like something is wrong with my brain. And I'm like puking all over the field. I'm in the wrong team huddle. But rather than like falling down and being like, I need help, I tried to finish the game and I was getting worked the rest of that game, right? And it incurred further injury. I ended up hurting my ankle on that play, I ended up hurting my forearm on the next play. Like, like it was all kind of a blur, but I knew enough to know I need to like slow down and rest. But it's hard for a lot of us to do that. I do that in basketball games. That's how I hurt my knee this season. And I've learned that like to rest is important. I've even learned that like, if you're in the hood playing basketball and you need some rest, all you gotta do is throw out the wrong score, <laughs> right? Dudes will be arguing for five minutes about it. You get some natural rest, all right? But in order to not incur further injury, at times we need to slow down, okay? Now, the idea of Sabbath, y'all, it's not a new one, right? And it's not even something that developed over time in the Hebrew Bible. This idea of Sabbath is found on the very first pages of the scriptures. And the first person that we see Sabbathing is not man who needs rest, but it's actually God who needs no rest. And so today I'm going to talk about the Sabbath day, which is familiar to some of us, kind of that one day during the week, every week, where we slow down and find rest in God. However, what we actually see pattern throughout the scripture is these multiple seasons and times of rest. And so what we have is not just a weekly Sabbath, but we also have a daily Sabbath. Things like sleep or your devotional time is time designed by God to restore your soul, you have weekly Sabbaths, which we'll talk about. You have seasonal Sabbaths, like festivals and different things that are lined up in the scriptures for us to follow. Then you have these yearly Sabbaths. Every six years, you're supposed to give the land rest, or every 50 years is a year of jubilee. And then we have an eternal Sabbath as well. And so today, what I'm going to be focusing on and framing our time around is the weekly Sabbath, okay? But don't let your mind go just there. Look at these ones that are there and begin to even right now ask the Holy Spirit to challenge you and to convict you. These things that we're talking about from the weekly Sabbath, how do we begin to apply them in all these different areas of our life? What does it look like to daily, y'all, find rest in God? Ain't that wild that daily you can find rest? that every single day you can be restored in a way that your soul needs. And so we'll frame it around the weekly, but let your mind go throughout all of these in this, okay? Now, let me say this from the jump before we dive into the scriptures. In a culture like Austin, where productivity is celebrated, the idea of rest is probably foreign to many of us. However, rest is one of the very things that we are seeking. The problem is, is that we often mistake consumption or ease and comfort with rest. And we make those two synonymous and they're not. And while there may be elements of consumption or of comfort in our Sabbath, that's not what true rest actually is. 
It's why you can binge Netflix on Sunday and then yet your soul still feels so empty on Tuesday because we're looking for things to give us restoration that cannot actually resurrect. You need something more in your soul. But the Bible promises that there's true rest for us in Christ and that we can find restoration every single day as we learn these rhythms with him. And so what does it look like to come to Christ? What does it look like to come that we might receive this beautiful rest of God? We see it littered throughout the scripture, this idea that we cease as we wait on God to find rest for our weary souls. Remember, we're rooting this whole series in Psalm chapter 23. And what do you know? This idea of Sabbath is there as well. In verse two, right? It says that God makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. Don't you want that? Right? Like, like green pastures, still waters, God himself to be the one that's leading you there. Like Sabbath, these daily, weekly rhythms with God is one of the ways that God leads us to these places that your soul might be restored. And so let's chop it up together. The Genesis text, there are these rhythms that we see God performing in the Sabbath that he then lays out as our example to perform as well. We don't just cease, but we cease on purpose. And so what these rhythms are is to stop, to rest, to delight, and then to worship. Stop, rest, delight, and then worship. You'll notice that these first two are about things that you don't do on the Sabbath. They're stopping elements, right? But then the latter two are about things that you do on the Sabbath, things that you actually add in that may break up the daily rhythms of your life. Because Sabbath is not just like go to sleep and stop working, right? There's more than just that. It's actually God is using these rhythms to bring us to still waters to wash our souls in the way that we need, or bringing us to these green pastures that we might delight as we ascend the mountain of God. These rhythms are beautiful, and they're laid out all throughout the scriptures. And so Genesis chapter one is where we begin, but let me backtrack just a couple of verses for us real quick. In verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. We were created in the image and the likeness of God, meaning we come most alive when we look like God and when we act like God. That's what we've been created for. If you've been at the well for any length of time, you know this because we hit on this often. Isn't it interesting then that one of the first things that we see God doing after he makes creation and gives the creation order is he Sabbaths. In comes our passage that Jijo just read, God rested from his work. One of the first things that you see God doing is resting. We'll break down this section at large, but, but look at chapter two, verses two through three there, and notice all of the awkward repetition that is there in that passage, clearly trying to highlight a point, that there's these elements of God actually working hard that I have highlighted in gold there, and then there are these elements of this seventh day, God actually resting, and if you read it, it reads clunky because there's this repetition there that is trying to speak to our souls. The God who never sleeps and the God who never slumbers, the God who is in no need of some sort of battery recharge, he rests. And you were made in his image, which means you are made to rest as well. 
That word rested there in verse two is the Hebrew word shavath or sabbat, where we get the word Sabbath from. And so part of how we receive restoration, which we talked about in week one, is we find our rest in God. And isn't this the very thing that Satan tries to attack? In comes our spiritual warfare talk from last week, right? He knows that intimacy with Christ is found as we rest in Christ. And so he will do whatever it takes to attack your time with God, which is why every time you sit down to have a quiet time, you get 700 things that you're supposed to do jump in your mind, right? <laughs> Literally, I've learned to keep a journal next to my Bible, not so I can journal my thoughts so that I can just write down tasks so I don't get distracted with work as I'm trying to rest in Christ. It's so funny how the enemy wants to attack this to prevent you from having this. And so these rhythms of stopping, resting, delighting, and worship, you see this pattern from God himself. Now, quick caveat for this section. Uh, notice that God, he really did work, y'all. And then he created us to work as well. And so sometimes I believe that our Sabbath isn't enjoyable because we're not actually imaging our creator in our production. God has called us to be active, to create, to produce, to, to till the land, as we see here, or to make disciples, or to raise little disciples in children, or to make better, or, or to cultivate. And at times, Sabbath isn't enjoyable simply because we don't need rest, we need to work. And so sometimes in our own consumption-based culture, we're underworked and therefore we have not offered what God has made us to do to the world. So it's hard to rest in delight because there wasn't much we created to be able to delight in. And so sometimes, listen, y'all, I understand this. This is because of seasons that we happen to be in, things like unemployment or, or sicknesses. And Sabbath can feel strange in those seasons because we're underworked, but that's situational or circumstantial that we can't really help. But oftentimes we tend to kind of try to cheat this idea of rest and we underwork and then we underrest and then we never find what God has for us, family. The general flow of, of creation pre-fall is you work really hard and then you rest really well. Notice this didn't come Genesis 3, after the fall. Work is there before the fall. Work is godly, work is good. You're gonna work in heaven, by the way, right? So if you're a really good engineer on earth, I guess you'll be making buildings in heaven. If you're a pastor like me, I guess I'll be unemployed there. I don't know what I'm gonna do, right? You got Jesus, the shepherd there, all right? Um, but it's good, it's good, it's good to work, okay? And then from that work is where we find our rest. Now, the first rhythm of Sabbath is that of stopping. That's the very first rhythm we'll hit on, right? God stopped. Notice there in Genesis, once again, God finished his work. That word finished in the Hebrew means to cease or to end, to finish, to stop. In fact, in the Hebrew text, that word is actually the first word that you see in this structure of the sentence. It starts with ended. God ended his work. God stopped working. Like, think about that, y'all. Ain't that kind of wild? Like, God stopped. Now, for some of us, it may be really easy to slow down. But for others, you feel like wired, almost this obligation to work. And for you to stop and to slow down is really hard, which means stopping may actually be for you a sign of trust and a sign of faith. Like stopping is God's way of reminding you, you don't have to hold everything together because he does. Whew. Whoosh, we could breathe, right? 
So if you struggle with stopping Sabbath daily, weekly, seasonally, it actually may be a offering of faith because you're showing God, I wanna trust you more and I'm gonna stop because I know that you're God and I am not. Like I'm someone who has a really hard time with stopping y'all, like, like really, really hard. And that's not some like humble brag or something either. Like, oh, I just work so hard, right? It genuinely is a confession because if I'm honest with myself, I don't rest because I'm afraid. I'm afraid that if I don't get it done, it ain't gonna get done. As if I'm the sovereign one, as if I hold all power and control, as if I care about this more than God does, as if I'm God. See where spiritual warfare comes in last week? Right? Satan's temptation is to try to get us to think that we're like God in ways that we are not like God and that we don't need him in ways that we actually need him. So for some of us, stopping is a sign of faith and faith is pleasing to God, family, which is a reminder to our soul of who is actually in control. It's a reminder to your soul. There's more significant things in this life that you are not just what you do, but you are also whose you are that we're not just what we produce, though this is indeed a part of us, but that we are children of God, despite what we produce and that God loves you. This is good to stop and remember this family. You are not just a product of your output. You're a product of input of who is inside of you, the Imago Dei, Genesis 1.21. Y'all feel me? Can I get a few witnesses in here if you relate? Listen, John Mark Comer, uh, he had a good book on the Sabbath called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Hurry. Uh, And he mentioned something so interesting to me in that book. He mentioned how all other forms of measurement of time are actually based on the sky, the sun, the moon, things like that. And so the day is 24 hours long because that's how long it takes the sun, right, to rotate. Or the months are actually originally set up to show the lunar period of the moon to where when it's a new moon, it's a new month. Or the year is 365 days because that's how long it takes the earth to travel around the sun. And so all other forms of time measurement are based on these lunar or these sun cycles, except for this one, the seven-day week. There's no attached to the sun or the stars or the sky. The only place you can find that rhythm is actually here in the scriptures. In fact, the seven-day week sort of jacks up all those other rhythms. So you'd be having 31 days in January, then 28 in February, right? Um, But it's universal, this seven-day week. So the last attempt to try to change the seven-day week was during uh, 1790, during the French Revolution, And the government, they tried to change it to a 10-day work week in order to increase productivity. And do you know what happened? Revolt. Revolt. (laughs) Now we hear Hamilton. (laughs) No, that ain't what happened. Productivity plummeted, right? It completely plummeted. In fact, they were way less productive, though they were working more, but suicide increased a substantial percentage, as did mental health issues. In fact, it's where we started learning about mental health because of how crazy people were getting. It's crazy to think about this. And so we're living in this today as well, y'all. But this time it's not government mandated, right? It's just the busyness of our life tempts us to never stop and to never rest, and to never be at ease, and to never allow God to do the work on our souls that our souls desperately need for restoration. 
right? In fact, get this, there was a secular study done, not a Christian study, secular study, that studied Christians who took Sabbath really, really seriously, and it followed them for decades, and it studied all of these Christians, and these Christians, they seriously practiced Sabbath every week. They almost never missed it. Do you know what happened at the end of this study? They were greatly, like, like exponentially more happy than the general public, but they were also substantially more happy than just normal Christians who didn't really practice the Sabbath. And their biggest finding was that they actually lived longer than everybody else. Those who practiced the Sabbath, they lived longer. How much longer do you think they lived? I can hear it, okay? <laughs> Y'all, 10, that was close. 11 years longer on average. 11 years. That's wild, y'all. In fact, if you add up all the Sabbaths that, Sabbaths that you're supposed to take throughout life, guess what it accumulates to? About 11 years. As if there's something spiritual to this, right? Like, like listen, like you have the allotted time that God has given you. And either we can rest in God and even lengthen that as we find rest in him, or we're gonna use all of our time busying ourselves and anxious and never finding rest that we need. It sort of reminds me of Matthew 6, verse 27, which is, uh, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour of span to your life? Huh, food for thought. Sabbath isn't just about stopping though, because if we stop and do nothing, then we do nothing and we're not filled. And so there's more than just stopping here. In fact, this is where we have to completely separate our secular idea of the weekend in our minds, because it's not just a time that we don't work, but there's more to this Sabbath thing. It's meant to produce this joy in Christians. And so woven into the fabric of creation, the way that God designed creation is this idea of rest. That's the second thing that we see there. The idea of Sabbath is to get more of God. It's not just stopping to work, it's beginning to find our rest in Christ. Like, can we keep it a band for a second, y'all? It's difficult to love God when we're tired, ain't it? In irony, science reveals that same thing. When you're tired, it jacks with your prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain that kind of helps you regulate and your behavior and make right decisions. When you're tired, it literally just kind of stops working. So to put it in regular human terms, you get tired and then you snap. Like some of your worst moments as a human have come when you're tired, isn't it? Daniel Lynn's shaking his head real hard over there. I see you, dog. <laughs> Right? And then we make cute terms for it. We're like, oh, I'm hangry. <laughs> no, you stayed up till 2 a.m. on Instagram for no reason. And now you snapping at me with your trifling tail, right? <laughs> no, that's not what's happening there, okay? Resting is this rhythm of Sabbath that we need family of God. And so we will just stop and then we'll binge on Instagram, but we'll never really rest. And then we wonder why our souls aren't being resurrected because your soul was not just made for consumption, but it was made for Christ. There's more to be had, y'all. So Genesis chapter two, once again, what do you see God doing in this rhythm? He stops and then now he rests from his work. And so once again, this is God, you're made in his image. Resting is important. Christians should be some of the best workers at everything that we do because we know who we're working for, y'all. But we're not enslaved to our work either because we know that rest is important because it reminds our souls of who we are and that that is the better portion as well. 
our culture is generally a restless culture. And in our restlessness, what begins to happen is interwoven into our DNA is this hardwired desire to have more. Because we're restless, we're discipled into always needing more, always needing new, always needing the next. And Sabbath, daily, weekly, seasonal rhythms, they work against this, y'all. It helps us to rest, to say, God, what you have given me is good. Thank you for your good gifts because you're reflecting, you're realizing that you have so much. In fact, you have everything you need in Christ Jesus. The world says you do not have enough, but seasons of rest are essentially you saying, I have enough and I am enough. Imagine if you felt that truth daily. I have enough and I am enough. You will begin to have this rest. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. This is the Ten Commandments. Israel is now out from this Egyptian slavery where they were slaves and could not rest for 400 years. They worked and they worked and they worked and they worked because they were subhuman. Now God is returning their humanity to them. And he says, rest is a part of that. Beginning of verse eight, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord, here we go, associating with God, made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." So once again, you see this importance of work, right? Don't, don't mishear me here. You work six days, it says, or in our culture, you work really hard is what it's saying. But then it is good, it is godly to rest. God commanded here, rest. Why did God command rest? Because he knew we would suck at it, <laughs> right? Like, like that's something that would seem like a promise. Like, hey, if you come to me, I'll give you rest. But he knows that's not enough, so he has to begin to command it because he knows that we won't chase it if we're not told to do this. He knew that instead of resting, what would happen is we would binge crash rather than rhythmatically rest. So Sabbath in the 10 commandments is the longest commandment given. It has the most words of explanation. It actually takes up 37% of the 10 commandments. In irony, it's the only commandment that we brag about breaking. We're not like, yeah, fam, I lied so much. <laughs> right? I'd be lying left and right. right. Oh yeah, I was covenant after your wife too. Like, look at me. We don't, we, don't, we don't brag about the rest of the commandments, right? But busyness, restlessness, brag. It's like, how are you? I'm so busy. As if we're a God who doesn't need rest. But 1 John says that God's commands, they're not burdensome, family. When God commands something, that means it's for our joy. So this must be in here for our joy to help us come alive and to help us come back into his image. We need rest, which moves us to our third cycle, that of delight. Now, real quick, this is not necessarily sequential. It's not like you stop and rest. You can shift these orders, but this makes up the idea of Sabbath. We delight. Genesis chapter two, once again, we're imaging our creator, God here. 
It says that God blessed the day. That word blessed is the Hebrew word barak, literally means to make happy. God made happy the day. It's the word they use to delight in something. So theologians say God looked at all of his creation, verse 31 that we read, and he saw that it was good and he began to delight in those works. God delighted in what he made. I told y'all a couple of months ago, I felt really convicted to begin to be more, uh, uh, have more gratitude in my heart, in my life. So every night I started writing down things that I was grateful for. And what do you know that I'm finding all of this delight in these really simple things of God because I'm doing something he commanded me to do. But I'm beginning to receive this good as not just weekly, remember, but daily, I'm slowing down, I'm stopping and I'm saying, God, I am enough, I have been given enough. And in fact, you have given me really good gifts. Let me write down 10 things I'm thankful for. It's changed me so much, y'all, that earlier this week, I was meeting with Carlos and I was walking into Easy Tiger and I heard a bird singing. And I was like, wow, that bird is beautiful. <laughs> I ain't never heard a bird in my life, y'all, <laughs> straight up. But I was like, man, like these rhythms are helping me to literally take part of God's creation. How crazy is that? Uh, our brain is actually drawn to the negative 14 to one. So maybe my 10 isn't enough. Maybe I should do 14 things I'm grateful for, right? But literally delighting is how we work against our fallen brain to see how much good we have in Christ and how much he has given us. Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter two, verse 27. I love this. The Pharisees did not like when the disciples delighted on the Sabbath. They were, they were resentful from it. But Jesus, after the disciples are eating on the Sabbath, he says to them that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And it's interesting to me that across human history, cultures have missed this on both ends. And so in their generation, they thought of the Sabbath as this kind of somber, serious day, full of all of this religious duty and these legalistic rules. But today, many people think it's a day just to chill and to relax, and we don't seek God at all, therefore we're never really restored. But Sabbath was made for the man as a way to receive more of God. So both generations miss this essential truth. And so feasting, community, that's a huge part of Sabbath. In fact, in the Jewish Sabbath, they would take their Sabbath together as a way to delight in just the fellowship of the saints and to remember, man, God is good. They would eat together. They would, they would play games together. They would hang out together. That's a good thing to do on a weekly, maybe even a daily Sabbath. In the Talmud, which is the Jewish interpretation of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the rabbis literally commanded, this is part of the Sabbath command, to make love to your spouse on that day because they saw that it was a part of delight. Some of y'all are like, oh, the Sabbath, okay, let me. <laughs> I love what theologian Marva Dawn says about Sabbath in one of her books that she wrote on this. She said, observing the Sabbath gives us the opportunity to be careful or to be as careful as we can to fill our lives with beauty and to share beauty with the world around us. When we observe a day especially set aside for beauty, all the rest of life is made more beautiful. In a large sense, the whole practice of Sabbath keeping makes me feel more beautiful. And in that context, she's not talking about physically. She's saying it makes her soul feel more beautiful. Like she's created in the image of God. Isn't it crazy that God set up a system for us to have more delight and more joy and we're like, yeah, no, I'm gonna keep working, right? And then we mad at God for not having any joy. 
But Sabbath is not an end in and of itself. We don't just delight and that's it, but we know that there's something greater than just consumption to delight in. Sabbath is a means to an end to ultimately give us more of Jesus. And that's where our fourth rhythm of Sabbath comes in, that of worship. If we want to experience the restoration that I spoke of in week one, we have to be connected to Jesus. And Sabbath allows for just this. Genesis chapter two, once again, that God made the day holy, sacred. In that culture, there were only places and objects that were made sacred, like temples and priestly garments could be sacred. But here on the first pages of scripture, we see that God made time holy. Meditate on that this week. Think about the Exodus verse, once again, chapter 20, verse eight. It says to remember the Sabbath so that, or to keep it holy. What do you remember there? You remember that God is good. That's what he goes into, that you are more than what you produce, that God wants time with you, that the creator of the universe wants time with you, y'all. What? <laughs> right? Like, like worship is meant to orient our hearts towards God. John Mark Comer, once again in that book, he says that the end goal is to spend as much of the Sabbath as you possibly can in conscious communion with God, just receiving his love for you and giving back your love for him. So for a lot of us, Sabbath comes on Sunday or a Saturday afternoon to a Sunday morning. So we worship, we remember God's love. We slow down, we sleep, we rest. We, we have a time of fellowship, trying hard to delight in not just God's creation, but in God himself, recognizing the good gifts that he has given you. Now, this might look different for everyone, this idea of delight, right? For you, it can be moments of stillness and of silence, for others, it could be you throwing a lit party with your whole community, right? Or it could be walking in nature or something weird like that. It could be reading a novel, right? Or it could be an emotional experience, or it can be an intellectual study of theology or philosophy, or if you're used to quantum physics or something like that, right? It could be like a sensory act, like fishing or walking or bird watching, I don't know, right? It could be not just watching TV all day, that's binge, that's overconsumption we talked about, but it could be enjoying a game with your community as you're bringing along other people to just sit and relax and enjoy each other's fellowship and company. But the Western world has taken this idea of rest and we just called them days off. But we have to remember the Sabbath, remember the intentions of the Sabbath so that you may keep it holy. Sabbath is a signpost, y'all, that looks both backward and forward. It looks backward to Eden and it reminds you of what you were created for and find restoration in Christ, but it also looks forward to that end day where we will one day find eternal rest in Jesus. No more labor, no more anxiety, no more uptightness in our soul. This is beautiful and good, family of God. It's a signpost that points us left and right. And it's meant to show you that all is well if you are in Christ. So if you are in the valley your entire life, you know where you are going, family of God, and the Sabbath reminds you of that. And if you are on the mountain, you know you ain't there just yet. This might be a beautiful place, but it is not the kingdom of God. And you long for that much more. The Sabbath becomes this beautiful reminder of what we are and who we are in Christ. You see, when we don't take the Sabbath, y'all, put those four things back up on the screen for me. We tend to overindulge and we overindex on one of those things. 
And so you binge stop or you binge delight because your soul is looking to be restored, but you're not taking the biblical pattern to find that restoration. The biblical pattern is work and then Sabbath. Now listen, for some of you, that's hard to do if you are a worker. Once again, fam, I get it. Me too, right? Like y'all know the type of church you're in, right? Like we're trying to plant 100 churches nationally and 100 churches internationally in the first 50 years. 200 of these mugs, y'all. Like we like to work. Work is good. Work is godly. That is not bad. It takes work to do this. But we see God in Genesis 1 working really, really hard at creation, but then he stops and he rests. And if you do not stop and rest, what happens is, is as a church or as an individual, you begin to be like the church of Ephesus that worked and worked and did really good work, but in the process lost their first love, doing the exact opposite of everything that we desire to do. We want your soul in love with Christ Jesus, family. That's what the end result of all of this is. And so now we Sabbath and we fight for this reality. This is part of the rhythm of being restored. So at this point, I kind of want to pause the sermon almost a little bit and give a little bit of a church announcement as well. As y'all know, we talked about this was a hard season for me. If you were here last week, you heard all of this stuff. And literally one of the big things that happened afterwards was multiple people came and they were like, yo, you didn't even share like all this other stuff. It's like, I told you I can't share that stuff, right? Because there were all these other things mixed with just normal work and things like that as well. And so one of the things that we did with the elders was just look at like my work schedule and what I was doing. And what we saw was that there was a period of time where I actually worked for 79 straight days, which is unholy, straight up. And I realized I was just working, working, trying to hold, trying to keep everything together. Now, when I say 79 straight days, it wasn't like I was working eight hours a day in those. But in some of them, some form or fashion, I was working, never really resting in Christ. And I was running and running and feeling this weight and some of the depression and the sorrow and the spiritual dryness I talked about last week was probably coming from that reality of not resting in Christ. And so the elders encouraged me and I kind of requested and we uh, submitted to like, hey, yeah, let's actually do kind of a mini sabbatical for me. And so I'm gonna be taking a mini sabbatical here very soon, okay? Yeah, praise God. Thanks, I love you too. Unless you're like, yeah, get them out of here. Then we can throw hands, all right? Uh, no, for real. Um, God has been working on me to receive love. I receive that as love. Um, and so sabbaticals are kind of these times in ministry where it's like my whole thing is supposed to be about this spiritual reality, but it gets mixed up in work and in this performance and in all of this chaos and trying to hold all of this together. And so sabbatical is this time to intentionally step away to then recharge with God. If you've been at the well, we do it every seven years. This is kind of right in the middle though, just because the season we were in, we felt like I needed it. And God gave me this picture of this idea of Sabbath, of this vase. And he showed me that, hey, right now, your life is like this broken, shattered vase. I'm actually pouring into you. And in irony, you are pouring in and blessing others, but only because it's leaking out through all the holes that are in this vase. And what God showed me was, I wanna heal you before your Sabbath and literally close up that vase so that you can actually receive the goodness of who I am. And then when you come back from Sabbath, I want to be overflowing from you so that you are still pouring into everybody, but rather than out of empty, it's out of the overflow. And that's my hope and even my encouragement to pray in the midst of that time. And so middle of February to the end of March, just six weeks and like I'm gone forever. I'll be here on Celebration Sunday, actually, what up? All right, elders don't know that, but I'm coming anyway. 
Uh, I want to see what God is doing, celebrate together. But there will be a time of stepping back, just trying to get time with God. And so it's not a vacation. Uh, I'm still working, seeking God to really heal, doing different things. If you don't know what a sabbatical is, you can email the elders. We have documents to help you explain more, okay? But I want to give that to us as a way that I want to practice this, y'all. I have not been the greatest at practicing this. That's why there has been some ah uh, in my soul because I'm not finding that rest. I need to reorient, to reestablish, to be able to be in this mug for 40 more years, okay? Now, I wanna talk about this, right? God did this one last time. I wanna encourage us, Hebrews chapter four, as we close out our time together, to encourage you to do this, y'all, Sabbath. Find weekly, daily times of rest. Hebrews chapter four, verse nine through 10, it says, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Why is this verse true? Why can you have a Sabbath rest? Why is it that you are no longer like Egypt under a cruel slave master in, in, in Pharaoh? Why is that not the reality for you any longer? Well, once again, look at the rhythms, right? To stop and to rest and to delight. God did all of those rhythms in creation. And then thousands of years later, in comes Jesus on the scene. And Jesus also created, and he also made disciples, and he also tilled the ground, and he also worked really, really hard while he was here on earth. But at Jesus's pinnacle work, y'all, as he's there on the cross for you and I, Jesus experienced the exact opposite of Sabbath rest. You see, Jesus there, rather than stopping the work, he stayed on that cross, family. And rather than resting and finding rest in God, he was met with Sheol, the sting of death. And Jesus, rather than having all of this delight, had all of this torment as he's there paying for the sins of you and I. And rather than worshiping God, Christ was forsaken by God. Jesus experienced the exact opposite of Sabbath delight so that you and I, who should have no delight in God, might now be able to delight for all eternity, family. This is the gospel that we believe. Jesus paid for your restlessness that you might find rest in him. This is the reality of Christ. And because of his death, Jesus offers this promise to us. And I want you to hear this as we close. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke. There's still work, right? Take it up upon you, but, but learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. True rest can, it can, it can be found in Christ, beloved. And so for some of you, Jesus is experiencing you to celebrate and to enter into this love for the very first time. You're restless and you're anxious, and you're looking to the world to kind of bring some sort of satisfaction, I'm telling you, it's not found apart from Christ, family. You need the love of Jesus to give you that sort of rest. So come into Christ today. Have a relationship with him. For others of us, Jesus is inviting us into deeper rest, Sabbath for our souls. And so how can you take time daily in your devotional life or weekly in your Sabbath, or seasonally, or even remember that eternally, family of God, this rest will be yours because Jesus paid for this. Let this be your motivation to continue to hear the Father beckon you into his easy and light yoke, into his gentleness and into his lowliness 
that you would find rest for your souls. Stop, rest, delight, worship in God. It's the very restoration that your soul is longing for. Amen? Amen. Hey, I love you guys like crazy. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that we can have rest in you. That whether we're on the highest heights, the lowest lows, that you do not withhold this idea of rest. And so, Father, I just pray two really simple things. God, I pray one for all of us who are just in the midst of our anxiety and of our worry and of our concern and of our busyness and of our pace. And as we, would we find rest in you, Christ? Would you teach us what that looks like? Holy Spirit of God, even right now as we're praying, would you convict us? Would you challenge us? Would you show us where we need to stop? Daily, where we need to find rest in you. Weekly, where we need to find delight in you. The season that you're calling us in, I pray, Jesus, that we would receive the rest of God so that we can run this race with endurance. And Christ, I just pray your blessing over these men and women right now. I pray rest over their souls. And Jesus, I pray this in the power of your name. We see what you want to give us. You want to give us rest. And so I pray rest over us, Jesus. And would we receive that? And will we stop striving and start finding depth with you? Praise in your beautiful and your holy and your sacred name, God. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you want more information about us or how to get further connected, please visit our website, thewellaustin.com.